This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 67 of the Animaniacast. If I were the gut pigeon, cooey, 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 fettuccine, cream sauce, parmesan. All the time I'd... If I were the gut pigeon... And welcome once again to another episode of the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that is dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs. And here we explore the series episode by episode, revisiting all the cultural references and gags. And in the end, we give each episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me as always is my brother Nathan. I wish I were the god pigeon. And over in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. Well, guys, today I think we have a very coup episode to discuss. <laughs> coup. Uh, but uh, we are talk- we're going to be talking about episode 67 of Animaniacs. Uh, our leftover extravaganza continues as we go into season two. Uh, <laughs> today we're going to be discussing uh, some filler. And uh, two Good Feathers segments. One is called Miami Mamma Mia, and the other one is called Pigeon on the Roof. Uh, let's see, guys. In a few words, if I were to ask you what you thought about this episode, what would you say? Uh, Nathan? Uh, I feel like it's Thanksgiving with all this bird and stuffing. Oh. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? I, I love the Sequest reference. <laughs> there you go. There, I knew as soon as that Sequest reference came in that Kelly was very happy <laughs> at that moment. Very. Well, Kelly, we, you know, before we get into a lot of the discussion, you yourself... We get to talk about another time I was happy, right? Exactly. We, you, you've had a very good week this week <laughs> because... Yeah. Tell us why. What has happened this week that has made you very happy? Okay. Well... First of all, I would like to extend congratulations, Kermit Flail, whatever, <laughs> to my boys Steven Spielberg and John Williams for being nominated for Golden Globes for the movie The Post, which nobody seems to have heard of. Um, I heard I don't of know who <laughs> I, I don't know who these people are. I'm not acquainted with them any longer. It's a movie <laughs> coming out uh, later this month around Christmas, and it's going to do really well in award seasons. There is always already a lot of buzz. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I know I will because Spielberg. And also on Monday night, I got to see the last Jedi in a press screening, which was amazing. Yay. So there you go. That's our, that's your non-spoiler review of, of the last Jedi. Uh, is it, it is amazing. So there you go. It is. It's very good. You'll you'll laugh. You'll cry. I mean, it's 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 emotional. I mean, just seeing Carrie Fisher on screen again was emotional. So you know, it's uh, a lot going on in the movie. Yeah, I saw Brian. I saw a little thing from Brian Young on uh, on Facebook saying that he thinks he cried more 
he, he cried during the first time he saw The Last Jedi. And the second time he saw The Last Jedi, he just cried the entire time. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what he told me, too. That's <laughs> just like, that's that's funny. Uh, there were some some things I, I, I like, was kind of iffy about. Like, I don't know why they did this. And, and he's like, I loved it. I loved every moment of it. I said, well, what was the, did you not love any part of it? And he told me one part he didn't love, which um, I thought was a little, I mean, it was just being critical. But <laughs> I guess... <laughs> I guess, you know, it can't be perfect. I mean, you know, to anybody. But I, but his thing that bothered him didn't bother me at all. Interesting. Okay. And, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I'm just talking around things right now. But, uh, but yeah, it was good. <laughs> I think, I think um, if you go in without any expectations and uh, just go for the love of Star Wars, um, you'll, you'll love it. If you go in prepared to pick it apart and have issues with it. I mean, I'm sure you'll find something, but, but overall really, um, very, uh, thought provoking film. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see it. By the time this is released, I would have seen the episode, episode eight, I should say two times. And Nathan, how many times would you have seen this by the time this episode is gets published? Uh, we'll say two times. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, I might see it every day. Who knows? <laughs> it should be like four. I could do it yeah, up to four times. Maybe. <laughs> we'll have to find out. Well, uh, okay. Well, very good news right there in the in the world of uh, Spielberg and Star Wars uh, this week. So all that was great. Well, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of today's episode. And before we do, Nathan, tell us, when did this episode first premiere? Oh, boy. Uh, So this episode first premiered on Saturday, September 17th of 1994. And, you know, there was there was a Miss America was crowned that day. But um, what I think is cool is there was a bunch of uh, TV premieres that came out that week, like uh, ER premiered on Tuesday and Mm. Friends premiered on Thursday. There was also Touched by an Angel premiered that Wednesday. Um, Earlier in the month, we had... uh, Cartoons like Reboot, The Tick, and The Magic School Bus all premiered as well in wow. September. So, pretty awesome stuff. A lot of, lot of good shows out there. Yeah. It, and then if you had to see a movie, uh, Shawshank Redemption uh, is released that Friday. So, uh, another good movie to see. So A movie that I still have not seen, and my wife it gets mad at me every time I bring it up. Well, I you just saw it last year. You just um, saw it last year? So Yeah. Uh, huh. What what did you think, Kelly? No, it was amazing. I hmm? I I don't know why it's taken me so. Long. It's just one. Yeah, you know, everybody talks about it, raves about it, and I just oh, you know, I need to watch that. And then I finally watched it on Netflix, and um, it was super good. And I'm glad I I didn't really know any major spoilers going in, and um, uh, only just need the vaguest of, of the plot line. But I I thought it was really well done. I um. Frank Darabont, I, I think he was the director, right? I don't know. Okay, but the name sounds familiar. Where, who? Did, what, well, yeah. Well, because he he used to work on The Walking Dead and ah, um, did, okay. did the the Mist with Thomas Jane, which actually has a lot of Walking Dead actors in it. Um, but he also used to like write for Young Indiana Jones. So okay, <laughs> that's that's how I mostly know him. But um. But yeah, he yeah, he. I think he did that, and um, I want to say he did the Green Mile too. Oh, there you go. Oh, right. They had yeah, a Green Mile too. <laughs> yeah, the sequel was was very weird. 
No. <laughs> the green, I, lo- I love the Green Mile, too. So anyway, moving on. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and get to our discussion of, of today's episode. And before we get into our major segments, which, of course, are, you know, two Good Feathers episodes, uh, we're going to talk about the filler. So we're going to start off with some Randy Beeman segments. Hey, this is Colin, voice of Randy Beeman's pal from Animaniacs, and you're listening to the Animaniacast. Okay, bye. So the first Randy Beeman segment that we had happened right right at the beginning, right before the credits, the opening credits, I should say. And Colin comes out and tells everybody about how Randy Beeman's sister made a face. Okay, one time Randy Beeman's sister, see one time she was making a really ugly face and Randy Beeman's mom said, stop it, your face will get stuck like that. And it did. And uh, he makes a really weird looking face and uh, it uh, it was very weird looking indeed. And then he falls on his face too on the way back into the house, which I really felt sorry for Colin right there, but he shouldn't have been making faces, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um so, in the other uh, Randy Beeman segment that we had was Colin is this is weird. He's he's out of the bathtub again. He's you know holding a towel. It's like kid, get some clothes on before you come out to the in you know out to the front yard. Whatever. He has his towel around him. It's falling down. He picks it up at literally the last second <laughs> before mm-hmm. he he exposes everybody. Uh, yeah, ta- we could have had a much different rating on the episode. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he talks about the time Randy Beeman's uncle blew his nose, and then his like his head exploded. Right, his brains came out. His brains came out. Oh, that's really disgusting. One time, Randy Beeman's uncle Roy blew his nose so hard his brains came out. True. Yeah, he had. He should have spoke up because he was wearing a towel. Or wait, I guess it's the other way. I'm just trying to think of the Simpsons reference. But. Yeah, I have to speak up. I'm holding a towel. Wearing a towel. Just a minute. Don't hang up. Yellow. You'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. Well, of those two Randy Beeman segments, guys, which which one of those uh, do you think was uh, was better? Nathan, do you have a preference? Uh, I guess the ugly face. He makes a pretty silly face there. So. <laughs> And Kelly, do you have a preference? Yeah, the blowing the nose and the brains coming out. <laughs> uh, I I have to go with the the with the with a face one because that face did it was freaky. Um, I was when I was starting up the episode on on TV. Uh, my wife was only paying part attention, and she I think it just kind of paused on that for a split second. And she got very, like, freaked out. Like, what the heck is going on? She didn't get the context of why Colin's face looked like that. So, yeah. Uh, I've got to go with the first one on that. Okay, let's get to some other uh, filler segments that we have. Or, as Nathan calls it, stuffing. Uh, (laughs) We have a mime time. It's mime time. So... The mime time segment that we had was uh, the mime is riding on an imaginary subway. And, of course, since he's on an imaginary subway, uh, people who ride the subway, the thugs on the subway, all come in and beat him up, take all of his clothes and run away. And the mime is there in his boxers with no shoes on. He walks away and he steps on attack and he starts yelping in pain and... I think that is the only time we hear the mime actually say something, sort of. Oh, 
Yeah, there, he's spoken uh, that uh, buttons the the balloon. Oh, that's true. I totally forgot about that. He did go le ouch, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the mime. So it's pretty much the same thing here. Though. Yeah, so the it's... mime. The mime will talk when you hurt him. This is what we have learned <laughs> from Animaniacs. <laughs> he's not that dedicated <laughs> that he won't do that. So that was a pretty good one right there. Um. And the last, the last filler. St- well, actually, there's more filler. The other filler stuff we have is good idea, bad idea, and this is like a good idea, bad idea marathon. <laughs> They're yeah, just it's like almost too much. <laughs> it's just like there's more. Wait, there's more. Every time you think he's gonna Tom Bodet is gonna go the end. It's like oh, another one. The first good idea, bad idea. The good idea was giving a small child a balloon, and the bad idea giving a small child a bunch of balloons. Because she lifts up and goes away. The other one was, good idea was taking up a new hobby like bird calling. The bad idea was taking up a new hobby like buffalo calling. And he gets trampled. It's really sad. Don't do that. <laughs> the other good idea, I'm sorry, to, I got to laugh at this one. Uh, good idea was ordering a chili dog to go. Bad idea was ordering a chili dog that makes you go. <laughs> Uh, the last one was just weird. Uh, visiting the pic- the picturesque McLean, Virginia. And the bad idea was... Visiting picturesque McLean Stevenson. I had no idea who McLean Stevenson was. The guy looked just like a guy with a fisherman's cap on. And I was saying, who is that? Did any of you know who McLean no, Stevenson I'm, was I'm without no looking idea. at the notes or anything? No. Okay, he was the guy on MASH, and I never watched watched MASH as a kid. My parents liked to watch it. I thought it was boring. <laughs> and, and every time that the uh, theme song would start up, just the... It's like, oh, change the channel. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, it seemed like that. MASH was on all the time as a kid. It was like... Uh-huh. And it was just... It was after the news. It was. It was always like in a. Syn- it was syndicated so much. Um, it's like there's good syndicated shows like Three's Company, and then there was Mash. <laughs> it's like, and you know within the first two notes if it's something you want to watch or not. I don't know. I'd be interesting to see if I could watch Mash now and get a more more, more appreciation of it. A couple of episodes. Um, I guess it was. It wasn't over Thanksgiving break. It was, it was maybe it was last Christmas. I can't remember. I was at home and um, I was on TV because my boyfriend's really in, into the show and and has like the boxed collection. I was like, really? I I don't understand it. But I watched a couple episodes and it, it actually is pretty funny. Um, it's a lot better than I thought it was. And um, uh, and apparently, I think I think the the show even gets better the the longer into into it that you get but um yeah i i didn't watch it as a kid and and just didn't understand it i think it still might hold the the record for most viewers at a at a finale uh mainly because that finale happened yeah exactly there was only three channels so everybody watched it and now every i mean gosh how many kids that I talk to in my school that they don't even watch TV? They 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 bring up these people. Oh my gosh, they talk about the celebrity. I'm like, who is that? And it's oh, he's on YouTube. 
Everybody's on YouTube. I don't know. Kids today, I don't know. I know. <laughs> well, there's... Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn, kids! <laughs> so there you go, Nathan. That was... You, you never watched MASH, right? It's No. Yeah. <laughs> but McLean Boring. Stevenson had that kind of like... I don't know how else to describe it other than... I, again, I've never watched the show. He has kind of like a fisherman hat. It might be a fisherman hat for all I know. But Skullhead looking at him was was pretty funny. <laughs> It's that time again to watch dumb nuts videos like the incredible mr limpet finally they had a wheel of morality and this wheel of morality was actually slightly funny i did i did get a little chuckle out of this one and the moral of today's story was people who live in glass houses should get dressed with the lights out and very good advice from yakko and the wheel of morality i think uh that's uh that's our that's our filler that's our stuff <laughs> Uh, any, any other highlights, guys? Any things that you liked from the good idea, bad ideas, or Wheel of Morality, anything like that? I liked when, uh, he gave the little girl lots and lots of balloons and she started floating away. See, that was my least favorite good idea, bad <laughs> idea. My favorite <laughs> one was the chili dog. That one <laughs> makes me laugh. Yeah, that was fun. Every time, yeah. <laughs> well... Uh, let's go ahead and get right into our discussion. This is a, a different kind of episode because it is themed solely to the Good Feathers. And I, I don't know about you guys, but growing up, the Good Feathers were always something that I didn't really care about. The Good Feathers it never. I kind of sometimes tuned out when the when the Good Feathers were on TV. What, any, what do you think, Kelly? They weren't my favorite, um, but I liked them better than like Buttons and Mindy and. Um, Flavio and Marita. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> and Nathan, what about you? Yeah, I, I don't think they're capable of carrying an episode. It was just kind of like, I, I don't know. They're <laughs> not like Pinky and the Brain. Who oh, they, yeah. they can carry an episode of Animaniacs all by themselves and no one will <laughs> complain. But uh, Good Feathers. Eh. Yeah, I don't know if the Good Feathers could get their own spinoff show. I don't know if that'll happen. Yeah. QMX, who made a uh, the, that outstanding uh, Pinky and the Brain figure that came out that uh, Tom Ruger got a a free <laughs> copy of, and we you know retweeted it and everything like that recently. Put it on our Facebook page. It's a fantastic figurine. They are coming out with the next one, I believe, is the Good Feathers. <laughs> so oh, nice. it's it's kind of funny that they're for whatever reason doing pinky in the brain and instead of doing the warners they're doing the good feathers right afterwards so i don't think the good feathers have ever had any merchandise um for all this time so it's it's kind of cool they really look good too they really look on model so when that comes out in a few months i'm assuming probably six to six months to a year is when we'll see it um that'll be something that uh fans should pick up so Anyway, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of these two segments. The first one is called Miami Mamma Mia. This is Maurice LaMarche, the voice of Squid the Pigeon from the Good Feathers and Animaniacs. And you're listening to the Animaniacast. Don't hit me, pesto! And Miami Mamma Mia was written by Deanna Oliver, and it was... Did it was directed by Alfred Jimeno. And Kelly, tell us what happens here in Miami, Mamma Mia. Well, uh, Pesto's mom is getting engaged, and the 
the guy or bird, I guess, that she's engaged to is Steven Seagal, which I'm I can only imagine is a reference to the actor Steven Seagal. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, who's I I think still making action movies because I my dad watches them. <laughs> No matter how bad they are, he's just always watching the Steven Seagal movies. And uh, so, you know, that's that's a little nod there. And um, Pesto's not really happy about it because, I mean, really, honestly, when is he happy about anything? <laughs> and so uh, he's angry and cursing. And, uh, but the but Steven decides to take him on some sightseeing around the, I guess they're in Miami visiting his mom. And they go around and uh, keep encountering different situations. And Pesto will say, you know, why don't you be like a dad and, and you know, go go check it out or, you know, go 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 and get the bread from the, the restaurant. And um, it, it's an ongoing gag because uh, Stephen will say, well, it's dangerous. But I'll do it for you, son. And so he keeps doing it, and but he succeeds every time. Yeah. And it makes it even worse for Pesto. And at one point, he says, why don't you make, like, the sequest? Well, no. Bobby well, says I, that. Well, yeah, yeah. Bobby said it, so. Come on, let's make, like, the sequest and dive. I died. Because <laughs> back in, I guess it was 93, um, Sequest aired on NBC, and before the show even came out, I I was already in love with it. It was produced, executive produced by none other than his greatness, Steven Spielberg, <laughs> and it uh, starred Rory Scheider, who was the main character and uh, main actor in Jaws, which is also Spielberg, and it had Jonathan Brandis, who I had a major crush on. And I thought he was the greatest. He was the computer genius. And and it had a robotic dolphin. And <laughs> it... This, I Oh, and the pilot episode was directed by Irvin Kirshner, who was the director of The Empire Strikes Back. So, so what's not to love? Really? I mean, you're... <laughs> I wrote about it in my diary. I, I was <laughs> so excited about this show. And um, watched it every week. And so, in, in fact, I think it was, there was, there was a special episode um, of Tiny Toons, I guess it was Tiny Toons, where they go on vacation or it was a summer vacation or something like that, they, that uh -huh. aired, I want to say in prime time. And there actually was, because um, I remember I taped it, but I... I it was they actually had a cartoon version of the sequest with with Roy Scheider, you know, coming out the top of it. Oh, and, um, okay. I believe you're I thinking of it's. I believe it's called Tiny Toons: How I Spent My Summer Vacation, and yes, I, I loved it. <laughs> no, I did too. I mean, it was that such was... a funny special. We had no. We went to Blockbuster. We never owned it, but it was on VHS and. We rented it so many times at Blockbuster because I love love oh, to rewatch wow. that special so many times. It is hilarious. It is it, oh, is, it is Tiny Toons at its best. I think is is yeah. that special. And uh, yeah, I just I taped it and and would we rewatch it? Yeah, re Rob uh, Rob Paulson, uh, Tom Ruger talked about how that was Rob Paulson's kind of first gig with him. I believe uh, doing Buster Bunny doing the little. You know, brow, 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 sound with this the mouth harp kind of sound. 
uh, oh, when they I... go to the possums in that uh, in that part of the part of the movie, I'll say it's kind of a movie. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. sequest anyway, was in that. So, yeah, that was another sequest reference. So um, so yeah, I just I thought that was great. And it it took me back to when I was, you know. I had I had a weekly show that I was obsessed about watching every week. The Sequest for me filled the void that was left by the untimely, horrendous, bitter cancellation of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Oh yes. And I was still boycotting ABC at that point in my life, so because <laughs> <laughs> by golly, they were gonna know that I was upset. Yeah, they felt it. They they almost went out of business that year, but I'm sure they, they did. Barely pulled out of it. <laughs> I I only stopped once Disney bought them. Yeah, like when Disney bought ABC, I was like, okay, well, there that that's over. I'm not mad anymore. <laughs> well, so basically, it, it, to to wrap it up, I mean, the you know they get married right and uh, fly off, and then I guess Pesto's all kind of happy about it at the end. The God Pigeon married you can play them. Like whatever. <laughs> yeah, at the end he's like, "Okay, well, I guess I gotta get married." Um, and the god pigeon marries them off, and I really thought it was funny when the god pigeon is crying at uh, them flying away. He just thought it was so beautiful. <laughs> so, <laughs> there we go. There's our there's our first cartoon with the good uh, feathers. Uh, there's a there's a couple little references, I suppose, in there. I mean. At one point, they make reference to the musical Bye Bye Birdie. I hope that girl meets up with the chef. Then it's Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> so that was a little bit of a reference. Uh, but other than that, there's not really much. It's a pretty straightforward episode. Oh, wait. I do I knew, know one little kind of interesting fact, I suppose. Uh, Steven Seagal was voiced by David Kaufman. And David Kaufman would later go on to voice... Uh, Dexter Douglas in Freakazoid. Oh, freak out! Hello! I'm here in the show! And he was also Danny Phantom. Some people out there, if, you, if you're younger than us, you might have watched Danny Phantom. But I know him as Dexter Douglas, the alter ego of Freakazoid. So... That's that's the more important character in my my opinion. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think? Any? What are some moments that uh, stood out uh, that you thought were funny, Nathan? Uh, I liked when Pesto uh, made that comment, like, "What's with all these cutaway gags or whatever?" You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, and there was a moment when Pesto like pulled a starfish off his head, uh-huh. and his, he was all bald. Yes. Do you do you remember that? Okay. It was very reminiscent of Home Alone when uh, Joe Pesci uh, gets burnt on his head and his oh. and he's bald and his hat's all peeled off. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but um, hey, I would, I would assume so. We'll take that as a as a cultural connection. Why not? <laughs> so, cool. Uh, yeah, the, the pesto had some good animation in there too. Like when the part where right before he goes into the ocean and everything. He burns like he turns red and his face has this really good animation. I thought that looked really, really cool. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are some there are some little snippets of greatness, I think, in this when it comes to the animation. There's some other parts where the animation is really off, like at the end where he's talking, he's getting mad at Squit. Squit's feathers and Pesto's feathers and in fact, I think all the good feathers 
their feathers kind of turn into hands and like fingers and it just looked weird there's this weird yeah. balance where their feathers can their wings can look like hands and it looks okay no it, i yeah i felt the same way did you guys notice this too what the heck is going on with uh pesto's mom uh she's like immediately starts flirting with squit <laughs> saying Ooh. Oh, yeah, that was weird right and she's engaged yes. i think she just likes him young like she likes the... him young who is this bird that's squid you are quite the look of squid Ow. <laughs> well i do not see this marriage ending well <laughs> i don't think i think this is not a very committed woman i <laughs> We, gotta, we better warn Steven Seagal. I, I, I better got to keep an eye on that woman. <laughs> She's still a bachelorette, apparently. That's right? true. Technically, she, she so. was not married. She was not married. So, <laughs> hey, go ahead, I guess. <laughs> uh, so I did think that was a little that was a little weird choice for her because at first when I was first watching it, I was like, oh, is this episode going to be about him? Uh, you know, the mom liking Squit and Pesto getting mad about that. But no, it quickly changed to, oh, I'm engaged to the seagull who's young. <laughs> and I thought, okay. So that was just a little, it made me a little confused, maybe scratch my head, but whatever. <laughs> Any other moments uh, that you guys kind of looked at and thought were, were cool? Cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned the little mermaid Mindy going by which I thought was kind of a cool little connection. It would have been nicer, I think, if this episode was partnered up with that Mindy and Buttons episode. To... Yeah, they had a they had a good feathers in that. It was the, uh, with three, we make egg roll. Yeah, so you would think, like, put that one in there, but whatever. Yeah, like, probably you could have switched these two and been fine. I, I think they're about equivalent. Yeah. Well, about. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess the only other kind of weird thing is if the audience out there, when the when the shark or the dolphins, I don't know, it was in that ocean scene, there was this music playing, and for the life of me, I don't know what tune it was. It sounded very familiar. <laughs> Come on in, guys! Wow, this is fun! Your dad sure knows how to have a good time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's great. Audience, if you know what tune that was, if it is a tune... Uh, let us know. Animaniacast at retrozap.com or just let us know on Twitter or Facebook. really familiar to me, too. Yeah. And I, I was wondering if maybe they used it in the, like the SeaWorld shows or something yeah. like that. But I I don't know. I, I've only been to SeaWorld once, and that was 25 years ago. And so I don't think I would remember that. Um, so I, was, I wondered if maybe it was something disney-esque yeah it, it really felt like i was like i should know this song like i i think i've heard it before and it you know they don't play these songs just accidentally they always have something to do with the water or or the sea or the fish or something like that so it I, didn't sound jaws like no no they still haven't done any kind of good jaws uh you know themes on the show which it seems like so many missed opportunities for it but Whatever. Oh, <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to our next segment, and it is called Pigeon on the Roof. And Pigeon on the Roof was written by Deanna Oliver 
and it was directed by Jenny LaRue, who I believe we have not seen as an animation director on the show yet. That name looks new to me. Yeah, it sounds made up. It sounds made up. Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, Jenny LaRue. (laughs) Jenny LaRue. (laughs) Nathan, go ahead and tell us, what is this uh, Good Feathers cartoon about? Uh, So this uh, Good Feathers and Girl Feathers uh, episode is a parody of Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, That's it. No, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the the plot is as slippery as a pigeon on the roof, I should say. Uh, So the Girl Feathers, they want to be egg hatchers. And um, the Good Feathers don't want to be basically an egg hatcher is just um a way that they can make a song called matchmaker uh (laughs) and it's basically saying they want to have kids and they need to get married and so they the uh, good feathers they don't want to you know get married so uh the girl feathers kind of trick them into doing it and then also the god feather the god pigeon comes by and uh plays a little prank on the good feathers and then uh pesto's like i wish i was a god pigeon so that he could sing a song like if I were a rich man. And then. Oh, is that what it was? Just, I thought it was parroting uh, Gwen Stefani's uh, If I Was a Rich Girl. Okay. Mm, <laughs> whatever. Maybe. I don't know. I'll ch- check the notes again. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but then he decides he uh, doesn't want to be it after having a bad dream. And that's pretty much it. I think the girl feathers all get engaged. I can't even remember now. Uh, <laughs> I was okay. It's just to let you know, I got confused too, and I was like, "Wait, are they engaged now?" And I kind of left the cartoon. And my wife made fun of me. She goes, "Maybe you should rewatch it and pay attention." And I said, "Well, I'm serious. Like, are they engaged now? What happened there at the end of that I know episode?" Pesto got engaged, and I can't remember about Bobby and and Squid. What the answer what is? Happened? Yes, I believe they okay, all got engaged. All are engaged. Okay. But there you go. But as a follow up to that, there's this add on at the end of this to make the whole fiddler or yeah, pigeon on the roof it's... canon or not canon. What happens at the very end? Oh yeah, so it's like almost a separate cartoon because I don't think it was even supposed to be originally with this one. It was just Pesto getting upset that the script didn't make any sense, and then Bobby sings him a song from West Side Story. Um, called Coo, which parody parodies cool. So it's like bird, bird, crazy bird, stay cool, bird. Beak it, buzz it, easy does it. Turn off the juice, bird. Go, bird, go, but not like a dodo. Cool, bird, play it cool, bird, real cool. Crazy boy, stay loose, boy. Breeze it, buzz it, easy does it. Turn off the juice, boy. Go, man, go, but not like a yo-yo school boy. Just play it cool, boy. Real cool. Uh, So it was all a script, apparently. I don't know. It was a very not great. It was just kind of lots of little plots. And then it didn't really actually have anything to do with Fiddler on the Roof. Like, West Side Story, 
the the plot of the story is very reminiscent of West Side Story as well. Well, well but, hang on, hang on. I you know I was discussing this with the only other person that I had offhand had actually seen Fiddler on the Roof, and I have not seen Fiddler on the Roof. But I immediately turned to my wife and said, "Is any of that like the like the musical?" And she said, "Well, the daughters are all getting married in it, so yeah. there's something similar, right?" But they weren't daughters to anyone. It's all it's all about like the dad and oh. his relationship with his daughters and how they don't want to follow tradition. Tradition. And they they don't want to necessarily <laughs> be just an egg hatcher. You know, they want more than being an egg hatcher. They want someone. They want love. You so, know. Yeah, in this case, they want adventure in the great wide somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> different movie. I, no, film. no, I think that's in Fiddler on the Roof. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, I think that's a different movie. I, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, no, but, oh, hey, well, let let me just interject yes. because I I feel like it must be mentioned that um, <clears throat> John Williams did the uh, the musical adaptation for the film version of Fiddler on the Roof and won an Academy Award. Yes. Who Just throwing that out there. Who he has got he's gotten has he got more Oscar nominations than anybody else, right? John Williams? Any living person. Any living person. Um, Walt Walt Disney is the only person uh, who has received more nominations than John Williams. Yeah. John Williams is a legend. So, but he's gotten so many nominations. He hasn't won as that many times, right? So he's no, I mean, I mean, he's not... gotten nominated a ton, but it's just like one of those things where it's like, a... and it's, it's a huge honor just to be nominated. It is true, <laughs> but I, it's, I always feel sorry for him. Sometimes he's nominated against himself. So... That he has been, yes. <laughs> so I'm like, come on, that's not fair. Anyway, which I mean, it, which could easily happen next year. Um, well, you know, because the awards are, are um, usually in like. March, I think February, yeah. March. And the the nominations are announced in February, I think, and the awards is in March. But he's done the post, and then he did, you know, the Last Jedi. Right. So there's a good possibility both of those get nominated. Um, good. Ready Player One is next year, but then that's also Alan Silvestri. So John Williams um, didn't do the music for that one. Was it a good John Williams score in the Last Jedi? Yes, I um, I'll have to listen to the soundtrack. On its own, um, uh-huh. and a lot, of, a lot of the musical cues echo previous ones. So oh, they, good. a lot of it's reused from Force Awakens, and there's also some musical cues from, of course, the original trilogy. Good. Um, so uh, a, a lot of familiar tunes, and then um, so the new stuff I'm gonna have to listen to a little more closely, and then and then also without the action. And just kind of appreciate it on its own. So, because um, I don't have the soundtrack yet, I, I don't think it's available, or or if it is, it, it just will, you know, just has been. So I need to buy that. Yeah, I um, yeah, I miss the days when you could get the soundtrack before the movie came out, and just so I could listen. Well, to if it. they hadn't screwed up the Phantom Menace, that's true. With Qui Gon's noble end. <laughs> Then um, maybe that was that was that was pretty funny when that came out. I was like, well, I was I'm not surprised. Like I kind of saw it coming. But seriously, soundtrack people, come on. It was it was I I was working at Walden Books and we got in the soundtrack and I was really trying not to look at the back of it. And but it was there every day when I was coming into work. And so I finally looked at it one day. I'm like, really, what could this give away? Because I was not flipping through the books. I was being really good. 
and dadgummit. <laughs> you know, I saw that. I I was so mad. I was livid. I just, I, but I did see the track listing before I saw The Last Jedi because somebody posted it. And I was like, well, I'm just going to look over here real, real quick. And um, nothing really is given away by the track listing, at least. All so right. that that's good. Well, speaking of music, let's go ahead and get into the the whole Pigeon on the Roof parodies that they do. Because there is a lot. So this is very similar to West Side Pigeons, of course, in that they're parodying a, a musical. This is very... Looking at the tune of the uh, song that they sing in the cartoon versus the original that they're parodying, they are almost beat for beat. This is not like Libmas or Animals and everything like that. It was always kind of like a little... It was close, but not exactly the same. This is almost the same notes exactly so i'm a little surprised they they got away with uh getting it matching up so much i'm not sure if i don't know if fiddler on the roof is perhaps owned by warner brothers if that might be that was about to say maybe that's that's the difference well anyway uh so the first song they sing is scorsese because we perched on the statue of the greatest filmmaker in the world scorsese scorsese and that is a parody of tradition. And how do we keep our balance? That I can tell you in one word. Tradition! The next one they sing is Egg Hatcher, Egg Hatcher. Egg Hatcher, Egg Hatcher, I want to be perched on a nest so feathery. Egg Hatcher, Egg Hatcher, I'm in the mood to sit on my tush and brood. Oh, pesto, ask me to marry. Oh, Bobby, say the word and we're wed. Oh, squid, cool. Make a commitment, I want to be married before I'm which is the parody of matchmaker matchmaker Papa, make him a scholar or mama make him rich as a king for me well i wouldn't taller if he were as handsome as anything Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match Find me a fine, catch me a catch Night after night in the dark I'm alone So find me a match of my own If I Were the God Pigeon is the next song. If I were the God Pigeon Cooey, 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 fettuccine, cream sauce, parmesan all the time I If I were the god pigeon but I mean Birds would kiss my toesies Shmooey, shmooey, shmooey Must by Choli, Vito, Corleone Lord showed them I wasn't born to lose 
Make me boss of all them pidgey poos. I'd make offers no one can refuse. If I were a god pigeon, yeah. And that is a parody of If I Were a Rich Man. If I were a rich man. All day long, I bid a bid If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work hard. If I were a bit of rich, idle, diddle, diddle, diddle man. Again, very close, and I really liked that particular song a lot because the part where Pesto goes and he kind of becomes that like the god pigeon i thought that was Mm -hmm. pretty cool Um, and then he also has the cooey cooey fettuccine cream sauce parmesan (laughs) (laughs) yes and not only that but he 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 says vito corleone in it Mm, and that's right yeah so he's actually he says the godfather's name from the movie so that hey there you go that's kind of cool uh (laughs) Uh, Cuckoo Quack was a song when I watched this on the this was just weird this is where the plot kind of took a u-turn all of a sudden and I was going what's going on in this cartoon takes place in a in a graveyard a feather on your head Cuckoo Quack Cuckoo Quack we are the Grateful Dead Cuckoo Quack Cuckoo Quack we feathered up a nest for our distinguished guest hello God Pigeon Pesto God Pigeon, you got it all wrong Zombies, he's just pesto He's not God Pigeon Zombies Although someday I hope to be Uh, Cuckoo Quack was a parody of the song Mazel Tov A blessing on your head Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov To see a daughter with Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov And such a son-in-law Like no one ever saw The tailor mottler comes oil Mottle? A worthy boy is he Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov of pious family. They named him after my dear Uncle Modi High, the Taylor Mottle Camsoil. Taylor? She must have heard wrong. She meant the butcher. I'll tell her. You must have heard wrong, Grandma. There's no Taylor. Huh? And Mazeltoff, it takes place in a, a, a dream as well mm-hmm. in uh, Fiddler on the Roof. I watched the scene of well, it today. It's- Go ahead. It's not a real dream. It's like uh, it's what he pretends he dreamed. Right. He's, he's tricking his wife into into agreeing to something. So he's like, oh, I had a dream about the ancestors and they told me to do this. So then he oh. describes a dream. So it's not a real dream. But I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, it's I got it out of context on YouTube today. <laughs> and I thought he was really describing a real dream, not a made up dream. OK, <laughs> still a cool scene, though. Like oh, yeah. it's like the people are dressed up as ghosts in there. Uh, it's probably the best animation in the cartoon. Oh my gosh! Probably. Oh, and the, and the cartoon. I was just talking about Fiddler on the Roof. The scene looked cool because like oh. a, a, this lady's like swinging around on a wire and going cra- like swinging like crazy. Like I was watching that. Going, mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, but the the animation in it is really cool. Like when the god pigeon pops his head up out of the out of the ground. Oh, yeah. It was frightening. It was like yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's another song as we wrap things up called Sasha Squid. 
I want to tell you something. Sasha. Squid. Sasha. Squid. Time to get engaged. We'll share a roost and hatch a family. Even though you are middle-aged. That's it. Are you saying I'm old? Oh, oh, hey, Sasha. I'm, I'm not saying that. Ow. What a relationship. And that is a parody uh. of... Sunrise, sunset. Sunrise, sunset. Sunrise, sunset. Swiftly flow the days. I... Uh, go ahead well so sasha is uh is pesto's sister and right. she already has a, a kid she's already an egg hatcher so like unless that this is a prequel squits? maybe it's a prequel but then why is why is pesto having to watch squid's kids kind of weird good question hmm <laughs> these are good questions but th- then again the whole thing was not canon apparently because they're all just That's reading true. from the script so i guess we so maybe just... sasha and squid aren't even really an item yeah you know? maybe i don't know and then we have do you want me <laughs> which is a parody <laughs> of do you love me do you want me do i huh do you want me do i want him the truth of it is he's mortified, petrified, terrified To say I love you, be my bride, I need you by my side Do you want me? Oh, it's up to you Then bada-bing, bip bip bada Okay, so we're betrothed It's no big coup But the truth of it is I do want you But do you love me? Do I love him? Well? For 25 years I've lived with him, fought with him, starved with him. 25 years my bed is his. If that's not love, what is? Then you love me. I suppose I do. Then I suppose I love you too. And yeah, I thought it was the actual song. I was like, what's the actual song for this one? Because it's. Well, it's a very yeah. similar kind of thing, except uh, what's the father's name in uh, Fiddler on the Roof? I forget his Mr. name. Mr. Fiddler. Mr. Fiddler. So Mr. Fiddler <laughs> saying it to his wife, Do You Love Me? And she's. It's, hey, it's again, it's almost note for note, exactly the, the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, the last song they sing is Regis Philbin. This has been in my head, by the way, all day long. Regis Philbin, Regis Philbin, on TV with Kathy Lee. Regis Philbin. We will not perch on that big goof. Regis Philbin, Regis Philbin, that big shot screams a lot. Regis Philbin. I'd rather be a pigeon on the roof. But it is a parody of the song 
and I'm going to mispronounce it, but I'm going to play the sound clip where they're going to pronounce it correctly. Uh, Anikt, ah, oh, gosh, Anikdega. I don't know. How does it go? Anikdega. I don't know. Yes. I can't remember. Here, here's the here's the real way how to pronounce it. lot of different songs and it uh it sounded I, I thought it sounded pretty cool and uh i actually as messed up and as weird as the plot was i kind of liked it i don't know what do you guys think what are some moments in this uh fiddler on the roof pigeon on the roof thing that you you thought was funny or weird or just anything that stood out uh kelly anything from you I thought the the statue thing was really funny because they they freaked out about the Regis Philbin statue and they're like we're not gonna sit on his head and um but it it made me think of West Side Pigeons when they they sing you know that song about Scorsese sitting on Scorsese's head yes. and um uh so I I uh I thought that was funny though it went but it 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 did put it did make me keep thinking of West Side Pigeons and how that was so superior to this. <laughs> well, I, I, and I just was thinking how cool it was where uh, we were talking to Tom Ruger a couple, uh, a few weeks ago. And he said that Steven Spielberg actually showed that West Side Pigeons thing to Martin Scorsese and uh, Martin Scorsese got a kick out of it. And I thought that is so cool that uh, just when people are able to see <laughs> that, that, uh, Scorsese knows that pigeons are on his head somewhere. Um, <laughs> uh, Nathan, what about you? Um, I mean, yeah, it was it was fine. I wish it had more of a plot to it. I don't know. I feel like the egg hatcher part of the plot probably could have been cut or something. I don't know. I don't know what I would have done differently. Because the egg hatcher thing, it... yeah, because you have like a problem with because the whole thing of uh, it's different than what the girls are in the in the musical right because in this they're really yeah. very much like hey i just want to i just want to be a housewife basically yeah. and i mean it's not like they were necessarily against that in fiddler they just also they just wanted love you know they want to be able to choose who they married basically uh, is how they is most of it so okay because they they kept getting they're like one one of the girls is like hooked up with some guy that's like 30 years older than her or something and Ah, and another one just falls in love with, uh, like someone of a different religion, you know, and stuff like that. So it's it's very, it's an interesting uh, musical. I would I would say it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I saw the the stage version. I remember liking that more than the movie, but maybe that's just because I you're forced to pay attention more. Well, uh, <laughs> and here's a here's a little connection to a, an older movie that we've seen a lot. The producers, uh, Zero Mostel, uh, played. Uh, the fiddler on the roof, Mister Fiddler. He played him on the on Broadway, I believe. He has a very you know famous performance of that, and uh, yeah. So there you go. Now he's wearing a cardboard belt. <laughs> cardboard belt. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess let's go ahead. You know, one one thing I got to mention also. It's kind of interesting. Jeff Bennett 
uh, who has voiced many different characters over the, you know, the season of Animaniacs, actually did Bobby's singing voice in this. Uh, I thought he had a very close match for John Mariano uh, in this. I, I had no idea that they had actually changed uh, changed uh, voice actors on there. So just thought that was kind of a neat little thing. Well, I think let's go ahead and uh, unless there's is there anything else we want to say about uh, what uh, I was going to say West Side Pigeons. <laughs> anything else you want to say about uh, Pigeon on the Roof, guys? Did we mention the cuckoo cachoo line? Oh, yes. Cuckoo cachoo, Mrs. Robinson. And that, is, of course, is from uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, yeah, it was kind of cute. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> she didn't like it that much. Sasha was not very happy with that line, but whatever. <laughs> cuckoo cachoo, Mrs. Robinson. What do you mean by that? Nothing. Let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. <laughs> Okay, guys, here it is, our Good Feathers episode. <laughs> Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give this episode? Uh, Kelly, let's start with you. I'll go with three and a half. No. Okay. No? Yes. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yes, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. It was fine. It was a fine episode. It was okay. Um, and I super liked the Sequest reference, obviously. Um, so, uh, but uh, other than that, not a whole lot really stood out. And, um, n- you know, Good Feathers are fine in moderation. Um, but I thought two <laughs> two segments back to back was a little much. Okay. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, it, it was cute. And, um, I think if I had seen Fiddler on the Roof, I might have a deeper appreciation for that part of it. Um, because, you know, like I mentioned, West Side Pigeons, I've, I've seen West Side Story and, and I've seen Les Miserables. So I was able to really enjoy those parodies much more. When when you get the references, it's just better. So um, so that's part of it as well. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, three and a half is pretty good. All right. Nathan, what about you? I'm going to give it two and a half. All right. uh, it's it's about equal to like last week's episode of uh, and then just just um, there's just too much filler. I think I, I think if either of these were in like a separate episode, um, I think I'd like them more. But just having them clumped together makes me not like either one as much. And then uh, having so many like good idea or bad ideas like in a row, it's just too much to handle. They should have spread those out a little bit more in that episode. So yeah, two and a half. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give it three and a half. I actually enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I was going to. Uh, when I heard that there was two Good Feathers ones in a row, I kind of the more I watched Pigeon on the Roof, the more and more I liked it. And I think I, I think if it was if it was given almost a longer segment, like if it was given a maybe not like a full. 23 minute or 22 minutes, you know, pigeon on the roof thing, but, you know, put a small little Warner's cartoon in there and then give, you know, pigeon on the roof a little bit more time to, to breathe and to get the little plot <laughs> changes, uh, mm-hmm. ironed out. I thought it was, I thought it would have been really, really good. Um, it was really good. I just thought it could have been amazing. You know, if it, if it just got a little bit more time to, to breathe. This episode right here was talked about on um, one of our listeners, Mike Russo, 
who has a blog called Hello Nice Warners, and we often look at it, you know, as we're planning our, our show and everything. He said that this was the worst. He said that this might be the worst episode of Animaniacs. And I don't know about that. I wouldn't I wouldn't call this one the worst episode of Animaniacs. At least I think that's what you said, Mike. I, I was just like, well, that's kind of harsh. I don't know if I I would say that. But uh, I, I like this. A, I liked it quite a bit. I mean, I'd say three and a half. It's not a bad episode. It's not a fantastic episode, but it's a good one. It has some good music. And I was thinking one of the things I'm, I'm kind of wary about if they do an, a reboot of Animaniacs is I don't know if they would do as many musical parodies as they have mm. done in this original series, you know, like I'm going to miss that if they, if I, I don't foresee them doing that, this seems like such an obscure and to invest so much time and, and, uh, in writing and song and just all together. Yeah, and then people don't appreciate it and people don't appreciate it. They're like, no, that's not, you know, that's not how I think some cartoons are done today. It's like, no, you have to parody Justin Bieber songs because then people will get it. It's like no. <laughs> I gotta, uh, the only thing I think if if they could parody a musical, it would probably have to be Hamilton or something like that. Like oh Hamilton, yeah. Even kids at my school like listening to Hamilton, uh, which I think is which I cool. saw that uh, here in L.A. Uh, yeah. So I think they could parody that in like a rebooted Animaniacs, but I don't foresee them doing these kinds of things like West Side Pigeons and and uh, and and, and Les Miserables and stuff in a even like beauty and the beast they i think for many different reasons they would shy away from uh these kinds of parodies in any kind of rebooted series which i think is a shame i kind of think these i think these are awesome hey you guys it's rob paulson here um i am so thrilled that we have the animani cast to continue to find a way to help me to get a freaking job thank you for listening bye Okay, well, let's go ahead and get over to our poll results from last week. Uh, hello there, this is the announcer. I'm, uh, yeah, uh, well, I'm in the place that I thought was the North Pole, but um, right now I'm just uh, hanging out in a, a cave of some sort, upside down, that is, hanging out. of some sort uh, got me when I wasn't looking. So, uh, before I go away forever, I suppose I'd better go ahead and give you your Animaniacast Twitter poll results. Listeners were asked, if hashtag Animaniacs returns, how would you like to see it animated? Hashtag Animaniacast poll. One person probably said live action because it says 1% said live action. 5% 5% said Flash Animated, 7% said CGI, but it was an overwhelming 87% said traditional hand-drawn animation. There you go, that was your results. And now I have to resign myself to being eaten, I suppose. I... Wait a minute. What's that noise? I hear little doggies. Mush! Don't you understand North Pole Talk? Mush! What's this? Why, why, who are you? Who am I? The name's Yukon Cornelius, the greatest prospector in the North! 
results and uh, i guess the announcer uh, is rescued by yukon cornelius so makes sense it made perfect <laughs> sense to me uh so i think this goes without saying uh you guys would if they do an animaniacs reboot i'm assuming traditional hand-drawn animation is what you guys would like to see am i correct in assuming this nathan kelly uh, live action, maybe? <laughs> no, not live action. I mean, I'm just curious. I want to see how they would do it. <laughs> <laughs> People were very upset at Nathan. <laughs> they were saying, live action? What does that look like? And I said, I don't know. Blame Nathan. And I would always <laughs> put, you know, tag Nathan on those comments. Yeah. Because uh, well... people were very confused. <laughs> well, many, many votes. Over a hundred and... Uh, Looks like almost 200 votes right there on uh, on this poll. So people are very adamant that uh, it should be traditional hand-drawn animation. Kelly, I'm assuming you're all about the hand-drawn animation as well? Definitely. Yeah. You, can, you got to. And again, I I doubt it will be. Again, I'm just like, uh, I'm getting more hesitant the more I think about animating X yeah. reboots every day. I'm like, that's not how cartoons are usually made these days. And I mean... Uh- the the downside with hand drawn is you get this inconsistency with different you know drawing companies yeah uh, so but at the same and as much as I like Archer which is Flash animation uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to see Animaniacs animated that way or like Peppa Pig or something <laughs> like right that. I think the new Forces of Destiny Star Wars Forces of Destiny I think that's done with kind of a Flash animation and that looks that looks pretty good. Uh, I think, you know, they, they it can be done right, but I just think for something like Animaniacs, where they need like a stretchy kind of feel to them, that, uh, you know, hand-drawn is, is really the only way. I guess you could go maybe CGI, because they kind of looked okay in the, you know, the Nintendo GameCube game as three-dimensional mm, things, true. but uh, that that would be the only kind of way I could think that maybe it would work. Whatever. Yeah, well, I just say live action all the way. Just, you know, flip everything <laughs> on the head. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to our poll for this week. So, Nathan, what do we have? Um, so, w- the question is, what is the best Good Feathers cartoon round question mark? I forget which round we're on. Uh, Fight! <laughs> it, it's exactly. Round question mark! <laughs> so, uh, the, we have, uh, we'll just do four choices, even though there's been there's been five since our last poll now but that's fine so the choices are raging bird uh where they're i believe they're in uh army times is that right raging bird raging bird is when he's yeah, i think he's when he's boxing and he's fighting mm, for right. the the girl's love from the rocky sylvester yeah. so these are guy. all these are all will have girls in them okay 
because Raging Bird, he has that. And then Girl Feathers was like an all-girls feather yeah. <laughs> cartoon. And then uh, with three, you get Egg Roll, uh, mm-hmm. where uh, Pesto has to watch over uh, the, his little uh, nephew or niece. And Mamma Mia. Or Ma- Mia- Wait, I want to say Miami. 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 Mamma Mia. Yes. Where his mom is getting married. Okay. So, uh, well, those are interesting choices. And speaking of the girl feathers, this latest one is apparently the last time we will see the the girl feathers in uh in the series. So goodbye, all egg hatchers. They're all egg they hatchers. All apparently, the good feathers are just deadbeat dads, and they just left them to never be mm. seen again. Why? I mean, Squid was already not watching after his kid. <laughs> he was apparently. He's just a bad, <laughs> terrible father. They are, they are animals, so you know we can't be too harsh on them. But yeah, that's seriously. True. But whatever, guys. Uh, well, you can make your voice heard by simply going to twitter.com/slash/animaniacast or simply searching on Twitter for hashtag animaniacastpoll. Well, let's go ahead and get to our contact information. Kelly, where can people get in contact with you to talk about Last Jedi and Spielberg and John Williams? <laughs> they can find me at Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email Kelly at BigShinyRobot.com. All right. And uh, Nathan, what about you? You can follow me on Twitter at DjangoFT. That's me. All right. And as for the Animaniacast, we are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Instagram. We're on a lot of places, I suppose, and we're also available on emails as well. You can email us at animaniacast at retrozap.com. Speaking of retrozap.com, there's so much stuff at retrozap.com happening every single day. Articles, videos, podcasts. There's like over 21 podcasts, I think, going on at retrozap.com. I mean, whether it's Star Wars, superheroes, pop culture... It's all there. So just subscribe to the RetroZap feed on iTunes or your favorite podcast player, and you will not only get all of the RetroZap podcasts delivered to your device, but even this one as well. So it's kind of like a all-purpose podcast feed. So do it. You won't be disappointed. Well, since this was a Good Feathers episode, I think we better fly. Uh... Yeah, that wasn't a very good pun. But whatever. Let's go ahead and go. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. That's it!